Hello again, fellow basement dwellers. This is your old friend, Patrick O'Dowd, hopefully here for the entire broadcast this week as I welcome you into another edition of Bandwagon Nerds. That's right. Back in the basement, back in the studio. Things have dried off. I'm not alone. My good friends, David Uncar and the scientist DPP are here with me as well, ready to give you all the best in nerd news today. Gentlemen, how are you doing? feel like saying we're surviving at this point. <laughs> As, hey, I, I hear you there. That's right. We're still, whatever, we're still here, whatever, folks. Ungar. We're still surviving. here, Surviving. Ungar's off doing little day trips to the forest and taking pictures and stuff. I know, and I, I, I hardly ever take pictures, and my wife likes to give me a hard time about that. All right. Oh, here's the thing, though. You hardly ever take pictures, but then every Sunday I get a picture of your dinner on that, my Facebook feed. That's true. That, every, that's every true. That's, that's the you one thing. Important. Food's a priority. It's, it is like a three-dimensional, like it's, you try harder on that photograph than like any other work you do. I, uh, I, Short I, of maybe the nerd review. Yeah. I'm not, a, <laughs> I'm not a big uh, Facebook fan, that's for sure. I mean, I, I, not, I don't want to put my whole personal life out there for the world to see. Uh, just, but if there's something cool, like, yeah, going to Sequoia and Kings Canyon for a couple days with my son and my step grandson and they came back in one piece, I, I feel pretty good about that except for, yeah, it's always, it's always good when the, when the children don't die. Yeah. Except for my step grandson projectile vomiting in the back of the car. Like the first day that was bad. <laughs> that was rough. Car, car sick. I hope. Yeah. He was doing okay. And then we were trying, um. Trying to get to uh, the General Grant Grove, the restaurant, before it closed. So I was going a little bit fast on the mountain roads, and he'd eaten a little bit too much. And all I hear is, Dave, I'm going to puke. And then just you just hear this splat in the back seat, and my son like throws himself against the other door to get away from it. And it's just like, man, what a mess. But I'll give the kid credit. He cleaned up most of that mess on himself because I had to go and order food before the place closed. And you know, when you're up in the mountains, your dining options, especially during a pandemic, are not plentiful. So we had to uh, we had to do what we had to do. It's good food, though. Very cool. Very cool. Lots of fun. Well, lots of fun. Lots of fun. We got a pretty packed show today. We got some good news bites to talk about. Of course, we're going to talk about episodes two through five of the Umbrella Academy as we try to get caught up doing some binge watching and giving some, I think, more general overview reviews of these shows before we get back to our episode by episode model. We got some new, some more news on Bill and Ted face the music, some news about John wick and the John wick franchise. And then I figured I titled the last segment, the back half of the show, let's make Dave's day. And we're going to talk some DC fandom as some announcements came out regarding that big event that's happening towards the end of August. And, and I think, Honestly, we're just going to call it a hype train. We're just going to get on the hype train, Dave, just for you. You might as well. You're already on the hype train. I, you, you might You, you might you, as well. I mean, it, you live on the DC hype train. <laughs> I'm just, I uh, I didn't even know what was going on, to be honest. That's how much I'm on the hype train. And now now I'm like, oh, okay, well, this sounds cool. You should, you should get yourself some, we should get, we should get Tony on here for the back half of the show I, since he's a DC, since he's a DC lover. I need PC. Uh, and, and, I do. And you don't need PC. You can handle this on your own. You're a big boy. <laughs> You're a big man. You can. You're a grown man. David. I tell you, if, if you've been listening to Pot is War the last couple of weeks, ever since I came on, it's just completely fallen apart. I mean, it's All completely come off the rails now. Well, it's well, been a lot of, of fun. Rails, 
I did. I did want to open the show by just thanking the two of you for carrying on after I cut out halfway through to manage water climbing into the uh, into the O'Dowd basement studio. Uh, sounds like you guys held it together, managed I, to get forward without me. So good job. I, I was impressed that we cut out in an hour and a half. I was like, I went to DP. I was like, wow, you know, <laughs> see, yeah, pa- Patrick's not around, and look how efficient we are. So you're blaming <laughs> me? Is that what you're saying? Anyway, like, so not not in so many words, but yeah. You know, kind of. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. No, <laughs> no it just, it just, I, I don't, I don't know. Not what, my fault that all the quality content goes away when I leave the show. That's I'm true. Just, that's oh. true. Except for DP. So, so yeah, DP, DP, DP is the glue that holds five different podcasts together. To be honest with you, somebody's really somebody's got to keep you two guys in check. I mean, your whole Star Wars arguments. <laughs> I mean, somebody's got to do it. <laughs> Uh, you know, and I wasn't even going to bring up how the rise of Skywalker is trash, but you know, now that you mention it, that's a the weekly, rise of Skywalker, everyone is trash. That's a weekly thing for you. It is a weekly really thing. I didn't, get, I didn't get to it last week. So yeah, so we got quite a show, but before we do that, uh, I actually want to talk about something that has nothing to do with the nerdosphere. Uh, I actually want to talk about current events and, and just, you know, we've talked about COVID-19 a lot and, and its impact on the entertainment industry and on, you know, just kind of life in general and how it's going to impact, how it impacts our show and the things that we talk about. And before we get going, I just kind of wanted to talk about something that that made this a little bit more real. And so I'm hoping you can indulge me for a little bit uh, as I share a little bit about what's been going on, at least in my neck of the woods. Here, sit on and our sit on our my, couch, Patrick. Sit on our couch. I, it's, it's not so much a therapy thing, but um, as, it, as it is just sort of a general venting that, that I feel that that I want to share. And, you know, we talk offhandedly a lot about people's approach and they're listening to whether it's health officials, government officials, these various restrictions and, and, and the things that are being done state by state on how to, how to manage this pandemic. And to this week, it really struck me and infuriated me to see that this pandemic isn't going away and is something that is so preventable and, and came to an impact on my life. And so I, I just, I was looking for a platform and an app outlet to talk about it and figured, you know, with a couple of guys that I don't mind talking to about these things, that this might be a worthwhile place to, to just kind of go off a little bit. So for those of you who don't know, and I, I would assume that most of the people who listen to the show do uh, know that I work for a university. Uh, I work for the university of Massachusetts Amherst. Just going to put it out there. And over the course of the summer, uh, and in my role, I work, I work in a, I work in housing. Uh, the university had been making preparations for students to be able to come back and live on campus within their residence hall assignments, should they wish to, uh, even though courses were going to be largely online. If students wanted to come to campus for any sort of on-campus experience and live on campus, we were going to embrace that. And so for the last few months, I've been under a lot of pressure with in regards to my own job in preparing to make this happen and preparing to move these students in and create an experience that would allow for these students to come and, and live with us. And on Thursday, the administration announced that they were walking back on that offer and that the only students that would be allowed to live on campus for at least the fall semester would be those students who have required in-person classes and exceptions. 
that would go through an approval process. And the exceptions that seem to be the, the most commonly accepted reasons for someone to stay are things like international students, other sort of living extenuating circumstances that are significant enough to require them to, to, to stay. And that's going to take the on-campus student population down to less than 2,000 students for a campus that generally houses in the neighborhood of 13,005. Now, before I go any further talking about this, I want to establish off the bat that I feel that this is the right decision that my, my institution is making. I think that the timing could have been better, but at the end of the day, I think the idea of bringing 13,000 people from various parts of the country into one concentrated location in a town that has four other colleges around it was begging for a pretty serious amount of trouble because there's just no way to monitor and control it. And when the in the, in the wake of this decision coming out, what I saw in the realm of the social media that I found particularly upsetting was some of the responses that came along the lines of this, what about me? How could you do this to me? The university's taking all my money away and making me do these online courses. This is so horrible of the institution to do this time, you know, to time this decision the way that they did. And it's just unfair to these students. And while I appreciate that argument, it really frustrated me because I wish people would understand the gravity of these decisions that people are having to make in an era where they've never had to make these kind of decisions before. And while I feel bad for students that are going to be able to be on campus to take classes and live in a residence hall, my bigger worry right now is for the folks that keep a university going for those students when they do live on campus. The people who work in the dining commons, who prepare meals for students every day. The facilities and operations people that keep the buildings clean and safe and sustainable for folks to be able to live in safely, to do repairs to the air conditioning. To the folks that are the, the outreach folks, the residence hall staff, the, the residence directors, if you will, or the, the housing officers that place people in, in their housing. When we don't have students living in a residence hall paying for those housing fees, because they're not going to have to pay for them, they get that money back, it means a lot of people who are employed and make a living are going to be facing some truly devastating economic times. Because there's no way around the fact that there are too many people employed for the folks that are remaining on campus. And I'm terrified for that. And I and that includes myself. And this isn't a woe is me, you know, I don't want people to walk away with this with a woe is Patrick O'Dowd sort of thing. But I wonder what would have happened if we had taken this seriously as a country. Whether that's your governor, whether that's our president, whether that's our Congress. Whether we would stop fettering around about the right to wear a damn mask, which has been shown time and time again to be one of the most effective ways to prevent the spread of this thing because it prevents you from possibly infecting others and them from infecting you. From the idea that we've taken medical experts like Dr. Anthony Fauci and 
worked as hard as we can to discredit a man who has spent 30 plus years as the top guy in infectious diseases because we're so desperate to be able to go to a restaurant or as i saw today a news article about a quarter of a million bikers heading to south dakota to sturgis to a fucking rally where they're going to do whatever the hell they want because they, they think that they have this and the, the right to potentially infect others. And that's what drives me crazy here, fellas, is that this isn't about your right to, to have fun or to do whatever. It's this fundamental lack of morality I see and this lack of care for other human beings in doing a small part to help spread this amongst others and to have it spread to yourself that drives me insane and is now potentially costing me, myself and others, a job. It didn't have to be like this. And it's frustrating and it's scared and it's it's scary. And it's where I am as I do these pod this podcast. You know, we talk about escapes and things. We're gonna talk about fun stuff in a minute. But this this is hitting home harder and harder daily. And it's just no longer funny. And it's no longer this thing that's gonna go away. And I implore people to think about your fellow person and to think about how this is impacting those around you and that it's not about a mortality rate because the mortality rate is a sliver of the impact that this virus has. It's an impact on hospitals. It's an impact on somebody's ability to get treatment for something else because they can't go to the hospital because of COVID-19 patients being there filling them up. Whether they survive or not, that's just a piece of the pub and i i weep for us so that's it that's what i got that's me going off um and, I, and it's just where i am today guys that's that's where i am and i've been this way for since thursday when i got this when, when we got this news wasn't it the back end of the last episode dp where it was just me and you and we kind of said some of the same sort of stuff that uh when we're talking about the impact that the, that the pandemic, the ongoing pandemic has had, which is, uh, which is just, um, you know, the, the problem is that it's, it's, it is partly the politics involved, the local governments, the federal government, their approach to everything. Everybody's telling you something different. Everybody's telling somebody something different. And then you've got all the people who believe their own thing. And you know, this thing like I agree, Patrick, it, it would have been preventable had the country been united and they've never been more divided, you know, because in the middle of all this stuff, then you've got the whole social injustice issues with divided people even further. You know, I will say up, up at the national parks, there's a lot more people than I thought walking around with masks. We kept ours on as much as we could. But to be honest, yeah, when you're hiking uphill, sometimes you just got to take that bitch off because, you know. Yeah, I was like, okay, I can't, I can't breathe that well <laughs> through this thing. I, I need more oxygen and that sort of thing. But by and large, people were respectful of um, other people. And, and you know, I, like one guy was walking towards us in the middle of nowhere, and he saw us, and he put his mask on. And I was like, oh, it's all right, man. He goes, yeah, but you don't know if I've got anything. And I was like, well, that's, that's very true. Yeah, I mean, you, you raise a lot of good points. This pandemic's not going anywhere. Even, even if one of the five vaccines out there proves reliable, they fast track this thing so much that no one knows a how effective it'll be or b what other issues you might have. Yeah, it may stifle the disease, but um, you know what else is gonna? And, and even after that happens, you're gonna have anti-vaxxers. You're gonna say we're not gonna do it. 
you're going to have um, just it's going to take so long to get that stuff to enough people to really suppress this that what another year at you know optimistically another right. year we're going to be like this um yeah people and like you said people want to return to normalcy so badly and, and it's like i understand you want to go to a restaurant but but you you know it, it is it is a problem that a lot of people have is there is no sort of long-term plan you're thinking in the immediate future and you're not looking at the long-term ramifications of this and yeah, it's devastating to the economy. I get that. And like, you know, you're talking about California, which is one now one of the hardest, if not the hardest hit states out here. But there's a general feeling amongst everybody here that, OK, we fucked this up the last time that we rushed to reopen. Let's approach this differently. It seems like cases have now at least flatlined, not flatlined, but stabilized. And maybe they're starting to go down. And so a lot of people in California are like, OK, let's do this the right way, you know, Um all the restaurants have gotten smart about this. Everybody's doing outdoor dining. That's even in the mountains. Right. It's it's outdoor dining, which when you live in Bakersfield and it's 105 degrees out every day, that's not so cool. But, you know, places like Denny's, like where my daughter works, have put like misters up so people can sit outside. And, and that's fine because it is scientifically shown that in open air environments, it's a lot harder to transmit this thing. You know, air currents are going to do certain. That's what I was telling people. I was like, man, if I catch this thing at a national park, then there really is no hope for any of us. So, sure. <laughs> um, well, yeah. and that's and that's a good point. Like I, um, right before this show, I was catching up with a friend, a couple of friends that I haven't seen since February, when this all started. I distinctly remember the last time I saw them because it was a Thursday night, which was when I bowled. Um, when my league night would bowl. And then after that, I would go to this local bar that was close by where my two friends would be there for a trivia night and karaoke. And that night, as I was on my way to the bowling alley, I got the call from the alley that they'd shut down league night as they were anticipating the town shutting down certain businesses. So I went straight to the bar. I got dinner at the bar and I hung out. Uh, until my friends got there and did trivia and bowling or trivia and karaoke like we've always done and went home and woke up to the next morning, the governor getting into the full shutdown. And even now uh, we've, we've reopened restaurants. We're doing a lot of the open air stuff, but my friend, one of my friends, one of these two friends, I was trying to talk to them about getting together next week and we're going to, but when I had suggested Hey, let's go to dinner and go to one of these, you know, one of these open air opportunities, they're like, well, I don't feel comfortable doing that yet. And I'm like, I disagree with you, but okay. Uh, because I think that there are ways that you can, you know, in the restaurant setting in particular, which I think is different than the grocery store, you can account for yourself and not necessarily have to worry about the behavior of others in the way that you do in some of these other places. But we're, we're just not there. We're not going to be there. And we're not going to be there for a while. And I look at New Zealand which hasn't had a case in a hundred days. And I compare that to us where we just crossed our 5 millionth case. Hashtag winning. We crossed 160. We're going to break 200,000 deaths before the end of the year. Yeah. Or like 300,000 is now what they're projecting. Well, before the end of the year. Yeah. That's wow. what I've that's heard. A, that's a, that's a quick uptick then. Cause I mean, I know we got months to go, but well, I mean, it's, but, you know, I was reading just, something like, I'm sorry. Go ahead, man. Well, you just and my my point here is that the model was out there, 
And as a country, we decided to thumb our nose at it, be like, well, we're America and we're great. And hashtag winning. We haven't won shit, guys. Oh, when it doesn't help when the leader of the nation saying, hey, nothing to worry about. It's it's no right. worse than the flu. It's just going to disappear. And I you'd by be April. Yeah. And Gone you'd be amazed April. at all the people who are still out there saying this is no worse than the flu. OK, statistically. That's debatable, but it's different than the flu, and, and that's which flu, the Spanish flu. Yeah, it's not worse. It's yeah, okay, exactly. You know, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, it's just like I was reading uh, Alyssa Milano. I don't know if you read her account. She had like three negative tests, but had all the symptoms, and then did a, right. a COVID antibody test, and they said, "Yeah, you had it." She's like, "I fucking knew I had it." But you, when you've got, and that shows a flaw in the testing system. If you take three different tests and they tell you you're negative. But you've got all the oh. symptoms. So that actually brings up a good point. I'd actually like to hear Dave's thought on this. That comes to the, the, the idea of science and research and understanding something that we don't understand. Like science takes time to come up with answers. And I think that we live in a world now. I was talking about this with Greg um, in a wrestling context about because Seth Rollins did an interview and he talked about fans don't fans can't handle slow burn story storytelling anymore because they don't have the patience that's i think there's some accuracy to that when you see the reaction of people with tests you, dave you brought it up you're like you know scientists are saying this and this and this and it's all different and all this different information that's science and we've gotten away from a place where we understand how the scientific method works and how research works and how it, it's experimentation and a lot of failure before we get to a success yeah, I mean, I want to hear Dan's thought on it, but I, I will I will exactly. let you guys in on something about how bullshit the testing is. Um, my nephew works in the uh, oil fields, right? There was one guy who was exposed to this and they've had a lot of problems in the oil fields because when when somebody gets it, they have to you know quarantine them for 14 days and they don't have a plethora of people that they can just slot in there. So it creates ripple effects through people who can work. So as soon as somebody tested positive, they said, look, we got to send you to get tested. They, his company paid for, and I didn't even know this existed, but here's newsflash. This kind of test does exist. They took a blood sample of him and gave him his results in 20 minutes. Now, Jeez. that's not common knowledge that those kind of tests exist, but they were able in 20 minutes to identify your negative. It was a blood test. And, you know, yeah, blood tests are usually much more reliable and much easier to do. If you know, I, I'm assuming DP can confirm this. If you know what you're looking for then blood's the way to go as opposed to a swab. We got to send it out here and, and look at all this shit for five days. Um, you know, so, it, 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 and you know, okay, it's, if that's true, then why isn't that more widely available? Why hasn't the federal government or the local authorities made a test like that available to anybody? Why should a, somebody privatize that sort of a test and pay a premium, whereas the rest of the public just gets the shaft? Well, that's our healthcare system, man. That's our healthcare system. Yeah, right I know there. it's I know it's money, like, but we're, we're, but in this in this it's you know when it's, you see it's the, the impact, same thing with the post office, man. We're privatizing we're yeah, privatizing mail because we've glorified capitalism, and we we are we are a gross result of capitalism, and that's like our healthcare system is the greatest example of that. DP, because things can't be made readily readily available to yeah. people because of money. DP, bring us home on this DP. thing, man. <laughs> that's why, say that's why that's why every other country is having success with this thing, and that the, the universal healthcare is a big reason for it. You know, and around here, it's when it comes to America, it's hey, I figured this out. You're going to pay me twenty thousand dollars to get this thing figured out, or you know, and they're just going to gouge you and 
they don't release those kind of things because <clears throat> there's so many different people working on it and some people find success in some things and some people don't find success and they're, you know, and again, like you said, it's, it's trial and error. It's, you know, all of a sudden these, you know, like you said with Alyssa Milano, the tests came back negative three times. Well, you know, and then you do a different test and figure out that, yeah, she has it because we're still trying to figure that out. And like you guys said, it takes time to figure all that out. You have to do tests. You have to try all your different options. You can't, you know, and if it, if it starts to work, then you can you know move it on and, and go up the ranks, but you don't want to fail at this thing. You don't want to go out there and say, okay, I figured it out and then find out that you're wrong because you didn't test it properly on everybody and, you know, work your way up to human trials, I guess I'll, I'll say it. <laughs> um, but you know, it's just, there's, we had no idea about this thing and no idea how to cure it until it happened. And now you've got all these people trying to work on it, trying to figure this out. But again, it's going to take time because you have to go through all your options, think about all the different things that could work and that, you know, find what fails, find, you know, once you find what it does work, you still got to test to make sure it's not going to work and, you know, figure out a reason why it wouldn't work before you can actually get it out there. And yeah, we're just not there. And the problem is where we've turned this into a whole political thing, as opposed to a, just a pandemic that we need to solve. It's, it's become political, which is horrible. And it's, it's sad that we have to talk about it in that context still after all this time, because if we like, like Patrick said, if we could have tackled this thing at the beginning and, and gotten on the right train, this could have been gone or it could have been at least mitigated. It didn't have to get this out of control at, at this time. We could have been in a minority and been where all the other countries in the world are. But because we're America and go us, we, you know, we have all these people that don't want to do it. And it's it's horrible that we have to talk about it. And I know. You guys know, you know, it, it, it hit home for me as well. You know, I had a member in my immediate family all of a sudden come down with the case because they were going out and hanging out at the bars still and going out with friends and came back that they, you know, had it. And, you know, I, and now, now it's like panic and I have to fear because I have two elderly parents that have survived cancer and, you know, one had that has COPD and is if they get anywhere near that and, and happen to catch it, then, you know, they're gone. And I know that's a, you know, like we said, that's kind of the a minimal part of this whole thing because, you know, whatever it is, 3.7% of them are, are dying or I think it's something like that, but that's a, only a part of all of this. And, you know, the people that are getting affected by it when it comes to their jobs and it comes to schools and it comes to, you know, everything getting shut down, nobody wants that to happen. And I understand that. And that's that's a, the big, big thing, because, you know, I see all these people complaining, like we need to get the kids back in schools, kids need to get back in the schools. And it's like, well, kids are going to get sick and all that. But think about everybody else that's going to get sick, too. You think about the teachers, you think about the you know, people who are serving food and all that stuff. They can not only if they don't go back to schools or they potentially lose their jobs, but if they do go back to schools, they can get sick, too. <laughs> and, right. you know, it's just going to continue this onslaught of spread that will never stop until we try and figure out a way to slow it down and the sad thing is is we're still not figuring that out and it's almost like people are like if you don't die then it's no big deal but like from the science standpoint dp as you know they are just now learning all of all the ramifications that this disease does 
that has yeah. nothing to do with death, but long term. Well, and what's going to happen to the kids? The long term effects. Yeah. Right. Hey, my kid didn't die. Yeah, but your kid's lungs are now fucked and their life expectancy got dropped by 20 years. Well, you look at these at some of the athletes, too, like you, like people, even in people in great shape. You know, it's not people that are in bad shape that are getting this thing. And then you read some of these, um, you know, on CBSSports.com. I'm reading all this stuff where, you know, this star pitcher had it and then it finally got rid of it. But now it has to have heart surgery because it, it ruined things. And it's there's long term effects. There's other effects that this does to you that you don't think about. Just just the fact that you get it. And even if you get it, you know, my, a minor case of it. The, the effects, like you said, the, the lungs, some, anything, in, we don't, that's the problem is the scientists still don't know, yeah, they don't know what this all does to you because it's not just that part, but it's that effects afterwards. And that's what's take that, what makes it take even longer to understand what this does to you. Right. Okay. So that was a little cathartic for me, fellas. I hope, I hope you understand and, and thank you for indulging me on something entirely not nerd related. Hey, that only took Although, 30 minutes. What's our hourly rate, DP? I'm just curious how much we're charging for that. For t- charging me? No, not you. We're charging Patrick. Yeah. We're his counselors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, think, yeah we, guys, I, think the first, I think the first half hour is free. Yeah, there you go. You know? All right. All right. There, there you go. go. <laughs> every, every hour after comes yeah. with the charge. It's like the phone so, calls with, to, the, to the superstar networks uh, back in the day. $1.99 for the first Or those 1-900 right. number. Never mind. We won't talk about that. <laughs> very, very true. Let's, well, we're going to move into some nerd stuff now. We've had enough doom and gloom. We've talked COVID-19. I, I think a pretty pretty solid discussion. Like I said, thank you for, for indulging me on that. And let me get that off my chest. But we, uh, we're trying to play catch up on some of our television reviews. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just say this right out. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we're going to keep going with this format to get caught up on Umbrella Academy. Guys, I hate this. Uh, I, I hate it. I hate watching four episodes or five episodes in a chunk to then, you know, come back and talk about this. It's just I, my brain does not work very well that way. And so I, I get it. I get why we're trying to get there. Uh, I, I had a thought about a couple of the other shows if we wanted to play catch up on as we're heading into season twos or whatever. And this may be the only one that we need to do this with. But I thought about this later. I was like, why didn't we just watch it on our own season one and then just tackle season two and come in as if everybody who wanted to hear about the umbrella Academy could you know, just come in. Uh, but that's not how we've rolled. That's not what we've done so far. We didn't do it with the boys. So I understand, but uh, I will, I will tell you that I'm probably gonna be kind of useless and talking about the Umbrella Academy, at least in <laughs> specific br- uh, brushstrokes, broad brushstrokes. Right. I think I'm good. But we co- we we were tasked with watching episodes two through five this week so that we could get to episodes six through ten for next week and be ready and then try to dive into season two, however we wanted to do it. All this so that we can careen towards September 4th when we get to a show that we really want to watch. I mean, we, we are excited. Come on, the boy. I'm. I'm just saying. In my in my mind, the boys' season two is like up here, and, and I like Umbrella Academy. I just want, I want to put that out there, fans. I'm enjoying this show, but if it is the boys, for the listeners at home, Patrick gesturing that the boys is the upper echelon, and then Umbrella Academy is a few rungs below that, which. Arguably, maybe. I mean, I, I I'm still reserving judgment on this thing. I, I will say that I again, I, I don't, I don't not like this show. Right, and I, I want to be clear. 
I don't. I enjoy this show. I liked watching. Very much. I liked watching four episodes. I do understand that from a review standpoint, it, it's a very difficult task to tackle because really, what do you talk about? You know, how do you how do you summarize four episodes? Uh, you talk about the evil time police. That's what you talk about. Oh, like, the handlers. The, the commission, the commission, the, handler, the commission, and the handler. Yeah, I mean, you, know, you talk about Mary J. Blige in a rabbit head. <laughs> yeah, she was, ass. she was badass. But uh, oh, there you go. <laughs> I got <laughs> Hazel. You and got Tonto's Hazel on its way, but I got the Funko Pops. Yeah, yeah. Hazel. I mean, I guess the Hazel be- with his uh, Hazel makes me feel weird when he hits on the donut shop lady all yeah, the time. That's I don't know a, why. Yeah. I think he's trying weird. to he's trying to comfort her because he knows what's coming. At least, no, I get it. Yeah. I mean, I guess the easiest way to do it is approach it from the standpoint of the characters and what we learned about them. I mean, sure. You know, Luther is, uh, you know, the big, strong guy. He was on death's doorstep. His father gave him something that started to make him more ape like, uh, at least from the neck down, which raises some questions about, okay, was Pogo once a man and now he's been turned into a chimp? I don't know. You've got, um, Allison, who you still, I still don't know what her powers are other than she's very famous for it and has a big issue with her husband and a daughter. She influences, she influences people when she speaks to them. Ah, okay. That, that's she, right. That's in, right. In the, in there, there's a little like bank robbery scene when they first make their debut yes. and she tells one of the robbers to shoot her, shoot his right. compatriot in the foot. Right. I heard he a rumor it. that she shot your friend. She could say she says I heard a rumor. Oh, right. that's she right. Can say whatever, right? And try and yeah, have okay. the other person do whatever she says. Basically, right. Klaus yeah. is Klaus is still my favorite. I mean, five episodes in, and Klaus is my favorite. Troubled, and in this, and in the last episode, you get to learn that he accidentally gets the time briefcase, goes back to 1968, falls in love with one of his soldiers, and then his lover gets gunned down, and he's obviously messed up about it. That scene in the VFW well, was great. He, he was already messed up, though. Oh, That's God, what I yes. think is fascinating, is that the trauma, just the, the way that they showed the trauma, and this is the thing that I, that I walked away from in these first five episodes, is the trauma that was put on these children by their quote-unquote father. As he, in, in, under the guise of trying to help them overcome their fears. And Faust is a great example of that, like throwing this child into a sarcophagus or into a a graveyard or a mausoleum or whatever, where he's being tortured and haunted by these dead spirits. And as a child, that's horrifying. And to have to grow up with and manage that, there's it's no wonder he's the one on drugs. Right. right. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, you, like, you're trying to figure sense. out. He's trying to figure out whatever he could do to to stop these voices in his head. So yeah, you're gonna turn to to drugs and alcohol and whatever you can to shut them up. And his best confidant is his dead brother Ben. I mean, Ben is right. like his yeah. his his conscience trying around. to talk to him and say, you know, hey, this is this is what's going on and that sort of thing. And then you've got Vanya, who up through four episodes, you think there's nothing special about her, and then in the last episode, you realize, okay. The medicine she's been taking has suppressed her powers for all this time. This Leonard dude uh, is not good news. Is not good news. Oh, but yeah. but is he not good news, or, or is he trying to release? I mean, he 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 must know something about Vanya because he's the one who stole her meds and got rid of them, which then in turn and killed her competition exactly the, in the violin orchestra. So group. she can be first yeah. chair, which tells me that she 
has to be something critical to this pending apocalypse. I don't know. She's extraordinary. It's clear that she's extraordinary. Yes. As you finally get a snippet. uh, Yeah, you get a You get a snippet of what her power something something to do with her powers. You know, she has abilities, even though she doesn't know she has abilities. But Leonard Leonard knows she's got abilities. He has to know she's got abilities. Well, well, at the end of, you know, you saw at the end of the episode uh, five there that they showed up in the attic. Right, you know, the, the, body. The, the, the dead body and then the book and the diary yeah he, the book that he picked up somehow from reginald so he got a hold of that somehow and has obviously figured out that she has yeah, was that the thing that Cla- that um, was that the thing that klaus threw it in was the garbage in the box that Cla- yeah, so does that yeah, mean oh, that the geez. dumpster that klaus dumped it in was the dumpster to the store where he worked and he opened it like i don't know right. like i don't know interesting and you know there's clearly still something else shady about him in the the research that was being done to to try and find him or find out more about him there's there's no record really of his existence up to a point or something like that if i if i remember correctly and then of course you've got five (laughs) who five is uh one of the more complex characters i love i love five i do too he's the man my favorite Five, five he, twisted though he is, like he's infuriating, and he he pisses me off in just sort of the way that he operates sometimes. And yet at the same time, it's clearly because he's a guy who's seen too much. Yeah, and right. the only only complaint I have about anything going on with five is the whole thing with Dolores feels awful, a lot like Castaway and Spalding, doesn't it? Isn't it the same sort of concept? You know, right he now was, it yeah. is. he was all alone, and Dolores was there, so it's like you know I, I you know I want him to say. Or Wilson, excuse me, not Spalding. Wilson from Castaway. All I remember about Castaway is him finding a, a bathroom door from Bakersfield that rolls up on the shore, and that's that's his escape from the island is a, a shitter door from Bakersfield, California. So anyway, go on. Which is appropriate yeah, being somebody who lives yeah. here. As we as we learn who five, you know, five goes through basically takes that time warp and we kind of get to see, you know, his trek through Whatever it ended up being the 50 years, yeah. you know, of, of different things and yeah, figuring that out. And it's just, you know, it's, it's one of those other entertaining things that he could say he's, you know, I, I think it was 58 years old that he's, you know, he's older than all the other characters at this point, even though he looks like a 12 year old trapped in the child's body. <laughs> he was you the know. man you know, on the grassy knoll. Apparently he was the man on the grassy knoll right, and came right. back, decided to change uh, his tune. And, you know, he was just this murder for hire guy. <laughs> you know, you know what, um, you know what I couldn't help thinking of, though, as as I follow Five and his story is he reminds me very much uh, in, in Avengers Infinity War when Tony Stark and Thanos are facing off at one point and Thanos is like Stark and Stark's like, you know me. And Thanos replies with, you're not the only one burdened with knowledge. He's burdened with knowledge and that is influencing his his poor decision making. And I can appreciate that because I think it's poor decision making. I don't I don't think that the deal he made at the end of of episode five is going to go as well as he'd like it to. Just just a hunch. Just a hunch. Well, as as the handler, I mean, I'm just don't trust a woman dressed all in black with a fancy hat. You're just begging for problems. (laughs) It reminds me of that uh, Elsa from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. She probably talks in her sleep. She might, she might. And and then there's Diego who I, I'm still trying to grasp what's going on with him. We know, uh, at the end of the first episode, he had the monocle and we thought, okay, he, he killed his father, but really that's not what happened. 
or as far as we know, who knows? Um, but he suffers a pretty big loss in episode four where his uh, detective patch gets gunned down and that, and that seems to really spur him into action. And, and, uh, and then you got Hazel and Cha-Cha who are just, <laughs> they're just great. They're Mary J. Blige is as badass as can be. Hazel seems conflicted and unsure of a lot of aspects of his life and his existence and his place in the whole time continuum sort of thing. At least that's the impression yeah, I got that, at the end. You get that feeling that he just he's just done with everything, you know, just getting tired right. of doing what they've always been doing and, and the same thing. And that almost kind of, I don't know exactly yet if that's the same thing five is going with, with, you know, when he decided to go back in time, because I know he was, you know, conflicted with, you know, wanting to save his family and things like that and was getting tired of murdering people and just wanted to get back into the regular time space of, saving his family before the apocalypse. And that it seems like right. Hazel's going through that same type of change where he just is tired of doing all the killing and doesn't want to, you know, doesn't want to live that life anymore. Basically. Well, between the two of them, he was the one who was most impacted by Faust in the calling out of the people that he killed. Like, like yeah. that was, he, he Faust got under Hazel's skin way Klaus. more than he got under Klaus. Or Klaus. Sorry, not Faust. Sorry. Klaus got under Hazel's skin way more than Chacha. We were right. talking about the dead people. Chacha didn't care. Chacha is on mission, knows what they need. she needs to do, is going to do anything she can to do it. And, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic continues to play out over the next five episodes. Well, and you see, like, like that whole scene with Klaus, that you start to see how his powers are almost getting greater, or he's starting to focus more as he's coming so, off the uh, drugs almost as he's sobering yeah. up you know his powers are getting stronger and he's starting to talk to all these different people that were killed by these guys and you know the, the room just fills up with all these different people and it's just it's it's interesting to see if he can stay that way you know or whatever can he continue to increase those powers of being able to find all these other right. people and talk to them you know I mean, where he's, is that gonna he's definitely to? he's definitely Haley joel osmond from the sixth sense and that the dead people start coming to him as well. Like that's the other thing that we haven't really seen until this kidnapping montage or kidnapping period over these two episodes where he's in this room and progressively more and more folks that were dead and killed by these two, these two agents of, um, I forget the, the commission, the commission that, that they, they keep seeking him out because they know he's a, he's an outlet. So, I, I will be interested to see because I'm I'm assuming he gets back on that wagon as or falls off that wagon. He, he, he kind of already was, wasn't he? He had a bottle of vodka and he was popping some. Diego's right, trying right, to he, smash them all up, but he's still got a couple in him because he wants because he wants to kill all of that. He wants to turn that noise off. And what you, the other thing I think you're seeing, though, is that he can't uh, even when he is doped up. He's not just seeing Ben. When, you know, whether it's in the bathtub and he's having memories of what he's seen, like in some way, shape or form, it still rings in his ears. It still rings in his mind in some way. Yeah. I think still the favorite part of that, uh, that scene, that whole scene when he was kidnapped is he's just basically laughing at him. Like you kidnapped the one person that they, the family doesn't tell me shit. <laughs> like, well, and, and him getting, him getting an erection when they're choking him. Oh, with the with the wire and she's like is that yep oh my god like 
the the most depraved of the team. Yeah, he picked the wrong one. The only one you should never have kidnapped. You and picked the wrong guy. I tell exactly. you, one thing I like about Umbrella Academy is is it doesn't seem afraid to push some sensitive buttons, right? You've got clearly something's gone on with Luther and Allison when they were kids and they're adopted. So there's that, that whole angle. Um, and you could tell from their flashbacks and just the way they relate to each other. Okay. There's some genuine affection here that that's going on. You've got the whole concept of Klaus and, and, and Dave 1968 gays in the military. Ooh, there's a, there's a hot button, interesting topic for you that I imagine we're going to get explored. And I'm wondering, okay, Klaus can talk to dead people. Why isn't Dave, shown up and talked to him yet or is that I, coming I, or is he trying to suppress he it? yeah or is he trying to suppress that because it's too painful of a interaction for him i i don't know but uh i mean it's 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 not the easiest show to follow because so much of it is seemingly unfolding in front of you as we go along but it sure is interesting i mean and and trying to figure out okay what what ended the world you know what could have done well that? that's that's the big mystery that not even five knows so and is being told by the handler that he can't undo. I, I think the pacing of this show at times is is snail's pace, slow, and almost a, a little bit challenging to stay with. Particularly, you know, until things started to pick up with Vanya in the last episode or so, it, it was hard for me when she was on the screen. I was like, you're kind of boring. Like, I'm not interested in you right now. Slow, they slow burned it, Patrick. Taking it from yeah, Seth, sort they of. slow burned it. Slow burn it. They, they slow burned it in the I'm sad, I'm still sad, I'm not, I don't believe in myself, I'm so sad. I just think you, you could have, the pacing is important. Slow burn is one thing, but you, you, have, you still have to pace it. And this is a problem with Netflix shows in general a lot, and a lot of these shows that go straight to streaming. I would even argue The Mandalorian suffers from this in a couple of episodes, the boys suffers from it in a couple of episodes where the pacing is slow almost for the sake of being slow. Instead of telling a tight story over seven episodes, we're, we're kind of blowing things out to, to 10 episodes. And that like Daredevil of, of all the old Marvel Netflix shows, Daredevil was terrible at this. Just episodes where you're on a treadmill doing nothing to achieve nothing. Uh, Umbrella Academy, I feel, hasn't quite gone that far, but some of the character arcs, I, I, it took me a little while to be like, okay, where are we going here? Yeah, they they built a lot of the character building has been kind of like that, where they're taking their time with trying to get to you, tell you, you know, what their powers are, and then they'll go back in time to tell you where they came from and how they got right. it, and they're, you know, then they stretch back to when they were kids, and you know, like you said, building up the the relationship that Allison and uh, Luther seemed to have and how that's weird. And yeah, I was like, then, it's weird. They love each other. Like they're in love. Yeah. Why like, can't you, why can't they, you admit that to each other or, or they, yeah, they feel like it's forbidden or whatever because well, yeah, they're, they were, technically they're brother and sister, but like, yeah, they don't, they continue to this day to not seem to act on it, but yet want to do something. <laughs> it's forbidden, so, but common on Pornhub. But Hey, anyway, let's <laughs> So before we move on from, from he could probably make some money on that with the way he looks. There you go. (laughs) We've also got a mystery. You talked about Diego uh, and things surrounding Diego, but we didn't even talk about him deactivating grace. What the hell's going on with grace? Why the hell did Diego deactivate grace? What does he know? 
that would lead him to do that because he wasn't for it until he was for it. Well, then I think he observed how um, problematic she was. Yeah, when she's sewing her own arm to her cross stitch. But so I I get why he did it because he just didn't want it. Maybe he didn't want to see her like that, just degenerating as drastic. He of all people seems to view her as a mother. Right. Because she yeah. helped him with a, a lot of stuff, but but let's not forget the end sure. of yeah. yeah. Let's not forget the end of episode five. Pogo puts her back together, brings her back right. to online. Says and, nothing, no one can know. Yeah, the kids, the children can never know. And so it's like, okay, what is going on there? Um, and that's kind of where we left off at episode five is Pogo and Grace. Well, DP knows because DP. Well, yeah, DP knows. But he's not telling he's because strong. DP's got that great yeah, poker face that you guys held together for the boys. And look at him, just smiling, grinning from ear to ear, being all coy. He is. I got so many. I got so many other things I want to say, but I will keep it quiet till next next week, week. right? Next week when we wrap up this show in in, in (laughs) super fast fashion, so that we can jump into season two and maybe we look at the breakdown. Season two is all on there. Is it another ten episode season? I haven't even looked. Yes, sir. so we could probably do that in halves as well. We can break it up until what? September 4th is what we got to wait for. Right. When the more important yeah. show comes. No, just kidding. <laughs> it might be. I mean, and, and that, uh, did we, oh, we talked about the, have we talked about the trailer for the boys? The new, the latest yes. one? Not the yes. second one. Not the second one. The first, the one with the whale. But did we talk about the second one? Or yeah, we did. With Stormfront and all that shit. Okay, we did. I can't all keep right. all this stuff straight anymore. Because <laughs> you're old. Yeah, I know. That's right. So, so yeah, so that'll, that'll be next week. We'll wrap up season one of the umbrella Academy next week, get that all squared away, jump into season two. We'll figure out how to chunk it out next week and we'll go from there. But I want to keep us moving right along since, you know, I, I vented for half an hour. We're a little behind schedule and heaven forbid we have a long podcast. Apparently Mr. Hour and a halves over here. <laughs> want to want to keep things on track. Uh, there was another uh, movie announcement, another, I guess, COVID related movie announcement in the opposite direction we didn't even talk about mulan which is now officially officially streaming on on in september for the rental price of 29.99 and it just kind of depends on how you feel about it philosophically for what it's worth i get it from disney's perspective i think that because of it is what it is people are going to pay for it uh, I go back and forth because the cost of twenty nine ninety nine is still cheaper than what it would be to take me and the little O'Dowd to see it at the theater and buy snacks. At the same time, it's about the cost of what it would be for me to take the little O'Dowd to go see it and buy snacks. And I'm not getting it on a giant screen with the fancy noise. So you got to go I'm to DP's house for that. He's got the giant Maybe. screen with right. the fancy noise. We do. And I got a popcorn machine over here, too. We can, yeah, we can cook up everything. All you got to do is go to Wisconsin. You invited him. You invited Patrick, not me, but you invited Patrick to your place, DP. So (laughs) I'm not not feeling so good about travel right now. I'm I'm feeling fine enough to go eat at a restaurant, but no offense, uh, traveling to to Wisconsin, not high on the list right now. You don't want to be in some tube in the air with other people and breathing in there with all their sicky obnoxious sinks. fumes yeah right road, I mean, road trip Patrick. road trip it it's already dicey enough well but then i have to quarantine when i come back because i'll travel through a state that massachusetts doesn't want me to travel through there's only like five states where you could come in and be like sure welcome to massachusetts alaska so, <laughs> alaska's right. one of them so 
we'll, we'll hold off on that visit to Wisconsin for a little bit. But on the other end of the spectrum, we did get an announcement today, or not today, this week, that uh, Bill and Ted face the music, which just keeps. I get apparently the movie's done. Uh, it seems like it seems be. like they seems like they filmed it for five minutes. Which I don't know about you guys. I don't know if I'm nervous or if I'm excited that this movie's done already because because now we're I releasing get, it on the 28th of August. Yeah. I get the, like, you know, when that stuff happens, I get scary movie two vibes. Right. Like I've, I've, I've been the one who's been the most cost. Like I feel of the three of us, I've been the most optimistic and excited about this film. I'm officially worried that it just keeps getting released earlier and earlier and earlier. I'm like, uh, did they half-ass it? I'm worried they half-assed it. What, maybe, what happened here? Maybe it was just done early, and they're like, you know, they had a date set, and they're like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just put it out. Who knows? I, I don't know. I, I mean, apparently. I'm cautiously optimistic about it. You know, could it be a train wreck? Sure. And it probably will be. But I mean, I think it's going to be a train wreck. Both, both the original movies are kind of train wrecks. Well. Like, if you go look at it, they're fun, but they're... they're well, yeah, the second one grotesque, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> the second one for right. sure, but, uh, I, you know, I, hey, it's, it's going to be something good to watch. I mean, you know, Disney releasing Mulan really is kind of, um, I don't know, hit the re- it really kind of redefines where all these companies are going to. I mean, if Disney's going to do that, then what's to stop everybody else from doing that? So, yeah, get get Bill and Ted out there. Let's see how this whole watch it at home sort of uh, model works. Um, if they're successful then it's a gamble that's been paid off. I mean, right now, right. right now they're 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 almost playing with house money because if the movie really is done and, you know, maybe maybe post-production was quicker because hey, there's nothing else going on. So we True. got all of our post-production done and there's nothing else coming out. Let's let's put it out there. It's it's like that you've got the floor to yourself and maybe you do better this way than you otherwise would have. Maybe they think that other stuff is going to get released. Maybe they know something that we don't know. That, you know, there's going to be a rush of like, you know, if Disney's doing this with Mulan, is Black Widow really that far behind potentially? Probably not. Because we, we know Black way... Widow's done. We know we know that's been done right, for a right, while. Right. I think I think we're I think it's the same thing that we've looked at with other things. They're waiting as long as they possibly can before they actually have to go the route that they're afraid of going. And right. so, like, I, I don't even compare it to my situation that we talked about at the top of the show. People, people who are complaining about the decision made by the university to pull back on people staying, I think that they made that decision as late as possible because they understood the overall impact that was going to have on the folks that work for that university at large as well as the students. Yeah. I think that's the same thing that's going on with the movie industry right now. I think that's why AMC and um, Universal. Paramount, Universal. Universal. Universal, that's why they finally made a decision because they were Universal was trying to wait as long as they can before having to walk back on their stubbornness. That's just the way we work. We're, we're still about our dollars here. Right. And there's doll. I think that of the movies, we know what Mar, we know what Marvel is going to be as a commodity. You just know what it's going to be as a commodity in a movie theater. Mulan, which is a well-known beloved cartoon, but not at the level of a little mermaid of beauty and the beast. Uh, you know, any of those classics, like it's just not, it's not going to make that kind of money. It's a, it's a, it's a low risk, potential high reward 
to release it the way that they're releasing it, despite its budget, because they'll still make it in China. Like sure. China's gonna pay for Mulan. Oh yeah, like they're going to. I mean, I think it. it one, go ahead, DP. Good. Uh, yeah, this one, like Bill and Ted, and you know, is one like, you know, we talk about that that theater experience and everything that you want to get. You know, do you, do you need it? For this one, I think it was going to be limited released anyway to theaters and the video on demand was going to be the basically the way to go for this one anyway. So and if, like you said, Dave, if it's already done, they're through post production and it's like, OK, now we're just kind of sitting on it. But like for this one, did we do how long do we need to sit on it? We can let's get it out right. there now and we can we can make some of that money back a little bit quicker if it you know, it's not going to affect them necessarily because they're the theatrical release wasn't going to be this gigantic theatrical release like a Marvel movie or anything. So they can do that and get and kind of get away with it and start to recoup some of that money. Right. And that's the, like the decision, like I think Patrick's right. A lot of these places have uh, been cautiously optimistic. I mean, I, I see it in my own job, yeah. you know, courts are going to reopen. No, they're not. Okay. Well, maybe they're going to reopen it. No, they're not. Okay. We got to come up with an alternative because we just got cases backlogging on top of each other. So you translate that over to the movie industry. I'm sure Disney has said, look, let's just bide our time and and get these Marvel movies out. And, and you know, Warner Brothers doing the same thing with Wonder Wo- Wonder Woman. But at some point, you face the law of diminishing returns. And if the movie's done, right, and this pandemic's not going anywhere, and it's not getting better like you thought it would, then you're at that tipping point where you say, look, we've got the product done. There is an alternative to get this out to the masses. We know people are going to pay for this. And yeah, it sucks for the movie theaters, but we've got to move on. Especially when you look at like what Disney lost, I, I think. Did you see the article? Three point five billion dollar loss on the parks being closed alone. That's an unsustainable loss. When you're, I mean, Disney's mega big, of course, but that's a hell of a hit to take. So where do you recoup that? You know, how long? How long do you wait this out before you just say we got to move on? You know, and I think that well, Disney with Mulan is at that point now. The funny thing is, is they should have moved on a long time ago. They could they could have avoided a lot of this problem had they moved on earlier. Right. But like you and, said, they wanted to wait because they were hopeful. No, no, I, I get you. you. You know, let me finish. Okay. Mr. Cut me off. Mr. Lawyer, you're still talking. <laughs> I get why they didn't. It'll yield like, the floor. I <laughs> yeah, Dave, you're talking too much, man. Jesus. <laughs> get off your Disney soapbox, ass face. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Patrick O'Dell's riled up today. I am. I got the red ass, damn it. Uh, anyway. Uh, no, but yeah, I get why they did. It's it's the same thing with a lot of this stuff. Like the the best decision is very rarely the decision that gets made. Like the best decision for, from a content provider sort of standpoint as a, as a studio would be to get you know continue. If you got stuff that's done, find a way to release it in a way that still makes money. You're just not going to make the same money that you would have if you put it in a theater. And I think that what's happened here with Disney and while I'm really intrigued to see how this pans out for them, because I feel like if they would have gotten on the, in on this on the ground floor, when movies like Trolls and some of these other ones were releasing out, they would be in a better position to make $29.99 more marketable to folks at home. But what they did was they waited until something else got established. And I'll use um, Scoob as an example. When Scoob came out, and it was $25 for me to buy on demand and keep and watch whenever I want. Suddenly that takes that rental model that's been put out there by Disney, which is usually a trendsetter in these things, and makes them look 
like they're greedy and off base. And I'll be intrigued to see who actually spends money on it because, because I do, I do think they hurt their own returns by not moving on this earlier when this is a movie that's been done and ready to release since April and May. Do you guys think they will put a premium if let's say they do release Black Widow or any of the MCU stuff or even Wonder Woman 1984, will they put a premium on that rental like 49.99 or something like that? Because a lot of people might pay that. Like a pay-per-view. It's going to be like well, a fucking pay-per-view. I'm not, I'm not going to pay I'm not going to pay I'm not going to pay $50 to rent a movie. That's what's like going to be interesting is where that where that money where that line's going to be drawn cuz some you know the recent ones here have been like 20 bucks right for to right. rent it and you know do you do you know now Mulan's going to be 30 do you see something like is are people going to pay $30 to rent it can you give the option of $30 to rent it $50 to buy it do you I, I do, think you know what's what's going to be the begging, model I guess the, the our economy right now can't sustain that people can't afford that like really, like regular. Well, I don't think. And like, and think about even worse. With you know, you're talking about everything that's still going on, and people losing jobs, and the schools that are right. you know, making this happen. If you go on furloughs and, and things like that, or completely lose your jobs, you're not going to be able to pay for that either. Yeah, you're, you you're worrying about food. Yeah, because and, that, and that's the thing. Thirty dollars to watch right, Mulan. Right. <laughs> and that, and that's the thing is, and, and it's funny that we we fall into this Mulan thing. That's why I go back to this whole this earlier model that was established by movies that weren't released to theaters were released straight to on demand. The rental price was slightly cheaper than the purchase price by like five bucks. So as a consumer, it's very clever because you might spend the extra $5 just to own it. And so if Disney was really paying attention and this is one of those things where in my opinion, it's the arrogance of Disney that they're putting this price point out there because, well, we're Disney and our product is you're it, it's very much a, you're getting what you pay for sort of philosophy. Our movies are of high caliber and high quality and better than these other ones that you're spending $25 to rent or own. You can rent ours for $10 more than what you've been renting these other, you know, pish posh movies that have been just getting released. And I think that it's, it has the potential and again, this is why I'll be interested to see why I'll be interested to see the returns has the potential to bite him in the ass. Anybody know More the price point have. for uh, Bill and Ted? Have they re- announced that yet? Oh, I was going to ask about it. that too. I I haven't seen the price point, honestly. I'd um, be willing to bet it's going to follow the same model that a lot of these other films have done. Like 20, where it's, where it's like 20 to rent 25 to own. If they go straight well, to you and buy it. Yeah. And you'll have still have that same opportunity with the, you know, we talked about Universal and AMC's deal that in 90 days or whatever, that price is going to go back down to whatever it normally is nowadays where it's, you know, five bucks to rent or 10 bucks to buy it outright or whatever like that, you know, on digital. Right. So, you know, it's either you can, you can watch it earlier, which is really cool, um, but you can wait, you can still wait your 90 days and get the standard release to digital for cheaper if you want to. Right. Yeah, I'll be I'll be either buy I probably just if they give me the option to buy it for five bucks more, I'll say, fuck it. Why not? You know, <laughs> that's what most people do. That's what they want you to do. Yeah. That's a very clever thing that they want. you and to I do. think and I think it'd be smart, honestly, which I wouldn't like. But for one, when they release these initially here to video on demands that they don't give you that option to buy it right now, right. you can only rent it. And that's going right. to kill you because then 
but then now it, you're going to spend that much money, and then if you want to buy well, it later down the road, you're going to spend more. And that's the thing. It's the idea of precedent. They've set the precedent in the other direction. They've set the precedent of you can either rent or buy almost immediately. So to walk back on that as a consumer, you have to just be ready. Like The consumers are going to backlash against that on, on some level. So you have to be ready as a company to prepare for at least weathering that backlash until it becomes the norm. We have gone way over on our first half time, fellas. So we are going to cut out John Wick talk, which was just going to be John Wick 5 has been announced and they're filming it back to back with part four. Let's hear for Keanu Reeves. This is the Keanu boxes. Reeves section of the bandwagon right. show. So we're going to we're going to jump right into our break and then we're going to make Dave's day and talk some DC fandom because there was a some great announcements that came out of this and even some teasers of, of some information that have come, uh, that have been revealed as well. So, uh, we're going to hit, hit you with some commercials. Uh, first, before we do that, I just want to remind everybody that if you like our content, if you like the shows that we put out here on the chairshot.com, part of the Chairshot radio network, or we're part of the Chairshot radio network, head on over to pro forward slash the chair shot and buy a shirt from the show. You can get one for bandwagon nerds. There's one for DP's other show. A winner is you. There's the Christopher Platt, Andrew Bellas presidential campaign shirt, all kinds of good stuff. Uh, some disparaging thing about Greg DeMarco. Uh, I can't remember what it says, but I know it's everybody there. hates Greg. That's what it is. Everybody hates Greg in the uh, everybody loves or everybody hates Chris uh, lettering. But go over there, check us out, uh, buy a shirt, help help keep the site going, help keep these podcasts going. We're very proud of the content we're able to give you. When we come back, we're going to talk about DC fandom. You're listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of thechairshot.com. Why should you visit thechairshot.com? Thechairshot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything progressive. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. And we are back dave are you ready to be a fanboy sure i'm always ready to be a fanboy you know you notice when we talk dc i always make it about you period I like know. i never like dp are you ready to mark out over dc stuff uh oh dp and muted your himself. mouth is moving but we can't make out the words oh, yeah <laughs> there you go be a, be a professional <laughs> there we go you know that's what happens when I try and play commercials and, you know, work a soundboard and I don't unmute my mic. Come on, DP, you run five podcasts. You got to get it together, brother. You think I have it down. By you got to get it together, know. brother. It's only been six years. Only six, huh? I'm a, you know, yeah, sadly, I'm a, 
I'm a huge Batman fan too, which is what's crazy. Is <laughs> and I never get the. Uh, it's always Dave, which is fine. I'm, fine. I'm happy to. I'll take to it. let That's Dave mark out on that. Here, here's the thing: is it's because Dave is much more um, effusive in his praise of DC. Like D- Dave and his white whale of getting me to watch Crisis on Infinite Earths through the CW. Dave and his unwavering support of the as yet not released. Zack Snyder's Justice League film, which, by the way, put out another image. I don't know if you saw it, Dave. Steppenwolf. Uh, Steppenwolf. It looks, yes. hey, let's admit it. It looks a lot better than what we got in the original film. I don't. It looks like a bad video game character. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not impressed. Like, I'm really not Any, impressed. Anyway. <laughs> I, uh, I'm saying he does. He looks like something you'd run into. Oh, God. DP, help me. What's the really hard video game um out there for like playstation like dark souls yes where you like die every five seconds yeah and you have to like yeah. go back and retrace your steps and then die again and over and over and over again he looks like a dark souls character like that's what i saw i was like uh, that's okay that's still an improvement over what we got in justice league i guess i i don't know i don't know I, I thought this I, was I, supposed I, to be a praise for DC fandom, and you're just destroying. No, he's just I, destroying I, 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 the Zack Snyder image that I'm he tweeted out. I'm poo-pooing the Zack Snyder image that he tweeted out or Instagrammed out. So, so yeah, so let's talk about this. So, it, it, the announcement came out not too long ago that DC is going to be doing a, an event that is going to be happening uh, on August 22nd. I think isn't that it's going to be a tw- SummerSlam weekend, right? Isn't that the- right? D- it's called DC FanDome, and it's a 24-hour online event that they are promising will be as close to a Hall H experience as one can get. And for those of you that are not in the know, Hall H is the big hall at San Diego Comic-Con at the convention center where the top cream of the crop studios would do their big reveals yearly. And, of course, did not happen this year because San Diego Comic-Con went, went virtual, which I felt like we on the show appreciated their efforts, but got kind of poo-pooed by a lot of the websites I followed as they, they just didn't seem to care for it. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. That's true. But like, we, like, we liked it more than they did. Uh, and so details have been relatively sketchy until uh, I saw this article, which came out yesterday at 11 o'clock, where Warner Brothers revealed a list of who's going to be attending this in one way or the other. And so when you look at this list, you get a pretty good idea of what kind of news you're going to get. And so I'm going to rattle off actors and you just tell me what movies we're, we're dealing with here. So first we've got Robert Pattinson and Matt Reeves. No idea what movie they're doing. Do you guys got any idea what movie they're doing? I'm being sarcastic. Yeah. Sparkly <laughs> Vampire Part 7. That's it. Twilight 5. The Return. No. Yeah, I mean, that's cool. They got they got a. Uh, the Batman. So we're going to get uh, obviously some news about that. Ezra Miller and Annie Muschietti from. Well, depend. Flash. I mean, that could be the flash. There you go. Flashpoint. Flashpoint. Ding, ding, ding. flashpoint. We're getting flashpoint. It, maybe, awesome. maybe you're hoping for flashpoint, but we're definitely like, we're definitely like, we know that both have made appearances in the flash. Television show, so Wayne Johnson, the rock. He's going to talk about the XFL. Oh no. He's going to talk about Black Adam, maybe. Maybe some Black Adam news. I would hope so, especially since he just put out an image. We got our first look at 
Dwayne in the Black Adam costume. Did you guys see that reveal? I did not see that. Now, now I need to go and uh, see that. She's not. I, I'll, I'll see if I can dig it up while we're having this conversation. You get a look. I'll send it to you over on Twitter. But yeah, oh, the there first he image, is. Yeah, send it over to Dave. Send it over to in the Twitterverse or something to, to to Dave so he can get a look and squeal. I would like a little squeal, squee. <laughs> David Ungar. Unfortunately, my phone's on the other side of the room, so I'll have to wait. But oh, I, I will you're take. On a comp- that's true. Oh. I am on a computer. Jesus, it's an Instagram photo. Like we can send it and share. Um, Zachary <laughs> Levy and David F. Sandberg. Shazam two, possibly. Boom. Yeah. James James Gunn, Margot Robbie. Who Guardians of the Galaxy? Oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Suicide oh, Squad. And act and actually everyone. They didn't list out everyone. And then Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, Kristen Wiig, and Patty Jenkins. Oh, are we finally gonna hear something about Wonder Woman? Wonder Woman, like Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah. Uh, Zack Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> Justice League. Are we going to see some more videos of his actual Justice League movie that's coming out? I imagine we're going to get some reveals of something. Where is Dwayne's? Uh, I mean, I'm on his Twitter. Is It's on his Instagram. Is that what you said? It's, it's, Just it's Google Black Adam. <laughs> right. It's like, that'd be easier. He's the first couple. First couple pictures. Uh, there. And then... And James Wan. Uh, oh, so Aquaman 2, pro- possibly some information right. there. And that's just the movie side of things. Uh, there's also a load of people from the TV side as well. Um, and the comics, Titan, too. Titans, Brandon Thwaites, The Flash himself, Grant Gustin, as well as Candace Patton. Uh, from Doom Patrol, we've got Abigail Shapiro, April Bowley, and Diana Diana Guerrero, Harley Quinn's Kaylee Cuco, and Lake Bell. Legends of Tomorrow's Katie Lotz. And yes, it does include its comic book writers and artists, people like Brian Michael Bendis, Jeff Jenkins, Grant Morrison, Neil Gaiman's going to be there, Mark Guggenheim. Mm. So they're really, they're really bringing out a lot of stuff. And I, you know, I, there's so much stuff. I don't even know where we want to, where, where you want to start to cover this other than Dave, did you find the picture? Uh, I'm looking, there's a black Adam teaser trailer. That's like 43 seconds long. Is that the same thing or, yeah, Probably, but there's some images out there. If you yeah, just go to images, I mean, I'm looking at one of them and it's like, okay, that looks pretty cool. So, so Dave, if you've ever used Google before, I'm using it right now. Corner, there's a little thing. It says images. If you click on that, you can then type the words black. I did it. Jesus. Adam, and it brings up pictures. Yes, it looks pretty cool. That's for sure. Yeah. That'll be fun. I think it would be awesome if he was in his Black Adam costume with a glowing Brahma bull um, <laughs> instead of the lightning bull. So, all right, let's just do this this way. What do you want to hear the most about? What What out of these, because we've just gone through a litany of films. Clearly, this thing is going to be a big deal. Clearly, we are going to, I think we're going to get trailers. I think we're going to get everything we would we usually get out of a Hall H experience. I think we're going to get it from DC as DC continues to own 2020 in terms of content well, that's, and news. Yeah, that's because like Marvel, won't, Marvel won't put anything out right now, which and, and they're going to have to, like we said earlier, they may have to make some decisions to do that. But I think the thing I'm most interested in is Flashpoint. I, I would have to say out of everything that's there, 
if they're going to confirm that a Flashpoint movie is coming, then I think that really um, kind of redefines where a lot of this stuff is going to go and, and the timing of everything. You know, when when Flashpoint is going to be released relative to all this other stuff. Uh, but that's the one I'm most interested in is if we get confirmation that Flashpoint is coming, then I think it, it leads into a lot of the uh, theories that we've had for a couple of months now about where the DC um, universe is heading. Yeah, I think that's kind of what I'm I'm looking forward to, too, is I guess because it's it's hard at this time to understand release dates and and everything like that. And I'm sure I'd love to see some trailers on some of this stuff of what maybe they've been working on. But understanding, you know, if they do end up doing this Flashpoint movie that we've kind of been hinting towards and where that's going to get released in the context of the storylines that they're doing. And if they're going to do the Batman and uh, redoing the Suicide Squad and everything, and if it's going to affect how these new movies are going to go, if we're going to get some kind of reboot, in essence, based on the Flashpoint movie, you know, if they do kind of change the storylines and everything because of the way Flashpoint is, how how do how are these movies going to end up lining up based on what their expected release dates are, and if that's going to affect the other movies as well, and, and that changes things. I, I'd love to hear if that's going to be part of the whole story here. I also I don't think you I don't think you're going to get that answer. I don't. I think not. that I think that they're smart enough to get you excited about Flashpoint and what it all means, but they're not going to tell you because they want you to see the movie so that they can so that you can. So that you can mark out over that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of like, kind of like when Nick Fury showed up at the end of the Avengers. For me, in terms of all the Easter egg tags, still the one that makes me mark out the hardest. When boom, you're getting the Avengers. I think, I think they want they're gonna they're gonna tell you just enough TP to make your mouth water a little bit. Dave will actually drool mm-hmm. over it a little bit. Yes. And then they're going to say Zack Snyder's directing and it's all going to be trash. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think um, I would love it. Just a story arc. I would love to understand a story arc of, of at least something where they're going. Cause it's- <laughs> here's my prediction as to how they're going to end this. My prediction as to how they're going to end. It, if nothing changes by August 22nd with the movie industry, with the cinemas, they will announce that wonder woman is going to be releasing straight to video. Um, you know, with, with theaters, if they're open, I think they're going to do that. I think they're going to go in that direction. They're going to put wonder woman 1984 out there. And that will be a, a big news ticket item to close the whole thing off. Cause one, we know wonder woman's done. And, and, and if you're, if you're DC and you're trying, like we've said earlier in the episode, you're trying to make an impact and try and get people excited and create buzz See? and do something that Marvel hasn't committed to yet. There Dave, you go. Dave, you keep saying, you keep saying trying. I would argue they have. DC has all of the momentum right now. Period. Well, yeah, they they do. Because, and and I think that this is just continuing to push that snowball down the hill. Like I I, I don't think they have that. I think we're past trying. I I think Marvel. I don't think Marvel's in trouble. But I've clearly not thought about Marvel at well, all, and and they haven't given us any reason to. Well, their silence right. has what hurt if them. The, the, the shows are getting pushed back. You know, on, right. on Disney Plus, yeah. all the you know the Black Widow movie is getting continues to get pushed back. If you're DC, do you you know at the at the you know whatever you call it, you know at the expense of Wonder Woman getting released just to video on demand, 
do you get that out there before Marvel can do anything more? Because you want to get DC, you want to get people talking more about DC than you would. I'd, I'd rather get my movies out there before Marvel starts yeah. finally oh, releasing yeah. theirs again. Oh, yeah. So and that's, that's why I think you're going to get that announcement. I think they're, I really think they're going to do that. Yeah. In October. Yeah. For, I, I, I'm not even joking about the price point. I think it's good. I think Mulan is the model that we are going to follow from Disney. Or not, oh, shit. This is Disney. Sorry. This is Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers puts this out for streaming. Do they put it on HBO Max? Yeah. Does it become something something that you purchase out of HBO Max? They might. Or does it become something that you? And I don't know. This is me like throwing shit against a wall and seeing if it sticks. I think it's going to stick. You know, you know that HBO Max is becoming the DC streaming service. Like that is that is a thing. It is a matter of time before. I can finally watch Crisis on Infinite Earths without having to worry about paying for it through Hulu because I'm telling you, it's gonna be on HBO Max. No, the you're Flash ab- is gonna leave. Yeah. Flash is gonna leave Netflix. HBO Max, like it's gonna be there. You're absolutely. I mean, so, we know we know the DC streaming service is going bye bye, and that's all gonna go over right. to HBO Max. So Titans is a is a major major coup for HBO Max to put front splash it on the front page, and like D- the sh- like DP oh, saying. Right. You've got all the Marvel move uh, stuff on DC on Disney Plus that are scaling back. We're not really sure when this is going to come out. Meanwhile, DC says, "Hell, we're putting all this stuff on HBO Max right now." For yeah, for all the shit that HBO Max got on its release for how it's put together, and I still think it's clunky, and they're still trying to figure it out. They are just killing it on the content train right now in terms of the things that they're able to pick up. So I yeah I I would. I don't know if they if they see Wonder Woman 1984 being part of that, or if they're going to do it through the other vehicles that, that you can do with elsewhere. Like, you know, when again when I look at other movies, like you could get it on Amazon, you could get it on Movies Anywhere, you could get it on, um, shoot, I'm forgetting some of the other services where you could buy a movie like Voodoo, uh, Voodoo, yeah, places like that. So they may go that way too. You know, for me, honestly, this it's it's funny. I'm not a Batman guy. But I'm really intrigued to see anything about what the Batman's going to look like. If for no other reason than for as hard a time as I give Robert Pattinson uh, as being cast in this role and making sparkly Batman jokes and all that, I don't think he's a terrible actor by any stretch of the imagination. And, you know, and if you see stuff that he's done other than Twilight, he's done some really good stuff. I, I just don't want to see. I'm intrigued to see what Matt Reeves does with it, how he makes it his own. And can we get out from under Christopher Nolan's shadow? Do we get, because, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Patrick. Sorry. Because I think that that's been one of the things that has hounded Batman flicks and it hounded previous Batman flicks when Tim Burton put out the first two and you saw those Schumacher versions, which were not good. It's just, they're not good. Nolan reset things and people were like, we must have a Christopher Nolan style Batman. And we saw how that worked out. It's it's, you got to find your own voice on it. Could we get a black man, a black man, <laughs> the thing in black Adam and Batman. Black. Now we got black man. There you go. There's a new superhero. Uh, do we get, do we get a Batman trailer? Platt? Yeah. Christopher Platt could be black man. There you go. Um, that should be their presidential. Too beautiful a voice. That should be their do. presidential campaign. Do we get a Batman trailer out of uh, DC fandom? I don't know if we get a Batman trailer. I think we're going to get a Black Adam trailer. Yeah. I think we're going to get, I think we are going to get another Wonder Woman, probably an extended trailer out of Wonder Woman 1984. 
I don't know where they are with Shazam two, but I bet you we get a Suicide Squad something because mm-hmm. they've been they were filming for a while before everything shut down. So I bet you they have enough to put together a trailer. And I don't know that you get much else in the in the way of trailers for movies because I don't think that they've started anything with the Flash. I know they have barely started anything with Aquaman two. So I think that those are the three. And I wonder if they give you extended Comic-Con style trailers, you know, like those five to 10 minute deals where you get like a big chunk of footage to get people again, excited and drooling over the show or over the movie. And I hope they can, they can kind of split this out. Well, you know, cause that was some of the issues I had with the Comic-Con virtual and some of those zoom, uh, videos that you watched that there was just too many people on there and it kind of got a little right. convoluted and it was tough to, you know, pass along the conversations to the right people and different things. And a lot of, yet a lot of people just kind of sitting around, um, not doing much. And then hopefully they have saw that. And, and it wasn't all of them, obviously, you know, there was just a handful that had that problem, but hopefully they kind of saw that and will adjust accordingly and have kind of have these guys split out a little more over this 24 hours too. No, I got it. I got it. I got it. We do that, or I'm sorry, Warner Brothers does the DC bubble NBA style, brings all this talent in two weeks out, which would be like this week, gets them there, tests them, and you still have a Hall H experience. You film it on the Warner Brothers studios in, in the Warner Brothers bubble. That'd be awesome. You, are you hearing me, Warner Brothers? I have given you your plan, I have given you your opportunity to steal the world and the entertainment world do this. For I can we, be reached yeah. at, at wrestling realists <laughs> as at W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. I look forward to your DM. Give them your PayPal ID information too, while you're at it, Patrick. Oh, I don't believe in that voodoo. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can't, can't tell me there's gotta kidding. be, there's gotta be a building, a, a movie theater or movie building where they're not doing any production that's empty that they can read, you know, recreate. Come on. <laughs> I, I mean, I think that'd be really cool. Again, if you put it on your studio lot, like, yeah, I mean, that's what studios are. Like they, they can be set up for anything. Like I would love that. Yeah. That'd, now, be, now, that'd be super that'd cool. Be a lot better. <laughs> I think so. I think it'd be way cooler too. I didn't give you like pass the mic around, sterilize it as you're handing it over do whatever you got to do. But I would, I would dig it. I think that'd be great. I do think we're going to get more news on uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League cut. I know Patrick will tune out oh, at yeah, that yeah. point, but you got to figure they're going to maybe maybe they'll give no, us. No, I'm going to give it a chance. Maybe they'll give it's us a release a date. Maybe they'll give us. Hey, we're going to. This is the anticipated release date for this thing. Maybe, maybe we'll get footage. Yeah. I, I actually, and I'm not even being silly about that. Like I think maybe we get footage because uh, that's the thing is right now we're just seeing images and footage will footage will roll. And I'm just going to say this. And this isn't this is not me being a troll, as opposed to other times when I usually am a troll. Just be cautious with the footage that you see for all of these, because this is true for Hall H all over the place. Very rarely is the con footage bad. And, and I'll even use a Marvel movie that I want to see desperately, but don't I'm not sure. But the footage looked great. And that's New Mutants. New Mutants footage looked awesome. But I'm worried. Because it's had, you know, it's been plagued with other production deals. It's the same thing with the Snyder Cut. Zack Snyder's put out some amazing trailers. The Watchmen trailer, the original one, 
It's one of the best trailers I've ever seen in my life. Ever. I remember watching that in the theater with my little brother. And I go crazy for it. And he was like, what is this? And, and me explaining it to him. But the trailer was so good. I can't remember what the song was that plays in that first trailer. I'm going to have to look it up. But it's dope. It's one of the best trailers I've ever seen put together ever. And one of the rare Zack Snyder movies that I still like. But that and that, but that trailer set it off really well. Well, and that's what these are supposed to do. That's what Hall H right. and that's what the Comic Cons do is to, you know, like you said, get us to drool. You know, guys like Dave and I to drool over the things, or you know, give all the fanboys a reasonable chub and want to go see this movie. Just you know, and they're going to give you the best of the best from what they have so far. So you're saying we're all going to be like Klaus? We're going to get a reasonable chub, huh? We're good. Okay. Yes. Awesome. Exactly. Awesome. <laughs> There's a title for this episode, Patrick, a reasonable chub. There you go. Reasonable uh, chub. Jesus. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not, I have... not quite six to midnight, but you know, right in the middle enough, enough to wet your beak. All right. So what about on the other side? We got the television side of the house too. What are we looking forward to out on the television side? Well, Titans for sure. And what they're doing with that, yeah. uh, you know, where the flash is going to go. It's interesting. You're going to have the two flash characters in the same you know, you got Ezra Miller and I forgot, I can't remember the other guy's name. Uh, so they're going to be doing that. I, I'm kind of curious to see if they've got any more crossover events that they've got planned. I mean, Crisis and Infinite Earths, I know it's your white whale, but it was well received by most people. So do they do another type of, I mean, they, they've done these before. So does, do they have another one in the offing somewhere? Uh, potentially, right. you know, if they're going to be extended, you know, they got signed on for more additional seasons and, you know, you mentioned it before, does, is this, I guess it depends on where the contracts are, but is this a point where they announce that some of these TV shows are moving to HBO max or right. anything like that too? I think kind of depends on yeah where they are with their contracts with Netflix or, you know, CW or wherever they're on, but. I think what's going to be tough for me is avoiding some of the panels that I'm interested in seeing because I haven't watched the first season of a show yet, like Doom Patrol. Like, I'm still on the, I want to make time to watch Doom Patrol. Haven't been able to make time to watch Doom Patrol because there's too much entertainment out there. And the same with Harley Quinn. Like, the Harley Quinn animated series that's now moved on to HBO Max, I want to start that because I've heard it's really, really good and a lot of fun to watch. But I'm in the midst of watching about seven other shows (laughs) And want to find time to do it. So I've got till August 22nd, uh, 1 p.m. my time to get a couple of seasons underway so that then I can watch these panels and get excited. And Brenton Thwaites, The Flash himself, is that is that the name you were looking for, Dave? I think so. I'm not sure. Well, Andy Muschietti was the one with Ezra Miller. And I may be pronouncing his name. Muschietti, it might be that. I don't know. Eddie Those Spaghetti? Those are the two. Eddie Spaghetti. Those are the two from the flash that was mentioned earlier. Um, sorry. I said Titans Titans as Brendan Thwaites, not that the flash himself, Grant Gustin. That's it. Yeah. Grant Gustin is is one of the other ones that's going to be on there. So, um, have either of you watched legends of tomorrow? Cause I, I know nothing about the show. I've heard good things about it. I haven't watched it. Although I know one of the crisis on infinite earths, one of the episodes crossed over on that show as well. Cause it's a CW one as well. right? Right. Right. Most of the CW ones are really have been really pretty good from what I've seen. Like Supergirl's really good. Flash, uh, Arrow, self-explanatory. That's well, well that's, the, that's the thing that I've kind of maintained about DC versus Marvel is that for all their faults with movies and their struggles with movies, 
they seem to get television now episodic stuff they seem to be really really good out much better than marvel actually when you look at the marvel episodic things that still exist most of them have failed I am kind of discontinued. Yeah. And I am kind of low key interested to see what they do uh, from the animated side, you know, what new projects, what other kind of graphic novels they're going to bring to the animation, because as we've all said, they do animation really well. And I know there was some mention of DC animation as far as um, fandom is concerned. I was really disappointed by the way, last week that I didn't get to talk to you um, about the death in the family animated movie that's coming out. That is a choose your own adventure yes. animated movie where you, you get awesome. to choose the make the decisions with just like the comic mill allowed you to do because you had to vote in and they voted to kill Robin. Yep. Jason right. Todd, kill him off. Jason Todd. So I, I mean, we were wondering, I mean, I guess all of the options will be on avail. I don't know how they're going to do it, but when they actually release I mean, it, well, if it works like the Netflix ones do, it's, it's your remote control. Right. Right. And you just use your arrows to choose left or right. Uh, the little O'Dowd, actually, there was a cap, there was a Captain Underpants cartoon uh, that was one of those sort of pick pick your options and decide the story. And he got to he got to do that using the the there's a little uh, arrow pad in the middle of the remote for the mm. PlayStation Four. Right. That's kind of like a control stick, and he could pick where what he wanted to do. And that was neat with that one because it was timed as well. So you had to, sometimes you had to make quicker decisions than others or the cartoon made a decision for you. So I'd love to see them do something like that too, where if you don't choose, then Jason Todd dies, for example. That'd be pretty cool actually. Yeah. Yeah. We, we kind of, we talked about it and figured, yeah, there's obviously all those options are, are going to be available. So you can go back and, and replay right. it and do all the different ones to see all the different endings. Or, endings you know, yeah. it's going to be going to be pretty cool. Right. So I guess the question is, I'm assuming, gentlemen, you're going to tune into this. Dave, I know you're going to. At well, least some of it. It's right? either that or watch NXT TakeOver 30. So what do you, yeah, I'm watching Fandom. No, well, but, but here's just, the thing. Is, <laughs> NXT, I mean, NXT TakeOver 30 is that evening. This starts at 10 a.m. your time, Dave. Right. So I'm pretty sure you can watch some good panels. Now, what I think is going to be unfortunate is that well, maybe not important. Maybe unfortunate for NXT Takeover Thirty, because you're not going to see uh, McAfee take on um, Jesus. Adam Cole, baby. Because we got nothing but, better to do with Adam Cole than oh, this. stop it! It's fine. Jesus Christ, you're you are such an internet fan right now. Like that is such a Twitter fan reaction to something that is going to be solid and good. Solid and good. Get, oh, so. that's right. Because Pat McAfee took a few bumps when he was drunk, work at Rip Rogers' place or whatever the hell. Wait, it was. Now, don't you dare disparage the training of the great Rip Rogers, sir. I'm not discrediting is, no, his you training. Are, you are. I'm you discrediting are Pat McAfee's bump you taking. Know nothing, you know nothing about his bump taking, sir. And is it any worse than any other athlete that stepped in the ring? Don't don't sit there and thumb your nose when you may have cheered for Lawrence Taylor at WrestleMania mm. and, and yeah, whatever. <laughs> See, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to play the hindsight game over something when we all know Bam Bam Bigelow pulled a great match I believe out Adam of Lawrence Cole Taylor. Yes. I know. And I believe that Adam Cole can do it. I think that all I'll say is I think that the purpose of the match is to turn Adam face, Adam Cole face. And in that respect, it's immensely successful. So I'll leave it at that. There you go. So, so yeah, what about you, DP? Are you going to tune in at all? Yeah, I definitely. I guess we'll wait to see what the schedule is going to look like because that's the big be, thing. You know, the part of that, and then also how long 
they're going to be available to rewatch, you know, as, as well. So, so, so this is the thing. That's a good question for me. I, I think this is a great move by DC. I think it's only the 24 hours. I think you have a day to get, and that gives a feeling of exclusivity that, that I don't think you get that we didn't get out of the San Diego one where they kept stuff on for a little bit longer. I love it. Cause you know that that footage is still going to get released to like IMDb because DC and Warner brothers has always been way better about their content than Marvel. The thing that I used to drive me nuts with Marvel and Disney is that the comic-con footage, even the trailers, some of it would not be made available to be consumed after reveal, which gave it a feeling of if you made it to hall H that you were special, but that you, you know, if you wanted to see, footage you had to like find a bootleg youtube video that didn't get taken down before to actually see it for like months before it would eventually get released and by then nobody cared you see the I video think, of some kid with his flip phone holding it up watching right it. exactly <laughs> and you see everybody else recording it too like that's the thing is it's like some dude in the back row and you see all these fucking glowing lights on the bottom like it's terrible but i you bet your ass i still watched it <laughs> of course uh, but no, I think I'll definitely watch it. Uh, seeing as it comes on at uh, 1 p.m. my time, be the perfect thing to spend an afternoon. Just fire up the computer, check it out, and give it a good look-see. And and I think it's going to be big for DC. I think it's going to be big for the DCU. I think it's going to be big for Warner Brothers. And I think that their train, their hype train, is just going to keep rolling on through. And this has been a great year for all the problems that the rest of the entertainment world has had. It's been a great year for DC fellas. Yeah. All it took was a global pandemic to get their asses back <laughs> online. And uh, here you go. Well, and, it's, and here's the thing is right now, this is all hype. You know, we haven't seen anything yet. And so quality could bring that momentum to a screeching halt. Mm-hmm. Cause but the Batman versus Superman trailer that, that played at hall H that was amazing. Yeah. Well, and what else have we and gotten then, from, the bell from right. DC? You know, right. we haven't gotten, you know, we, we haven't gotten any kind of announcements really from DC and, or from Marvel, sorry, Marvel. Right. And yet DC is coming out, you know, not only doing this, but they're yeah, talking about, you know, the Batman and Black Adam and the Snyder cuts of, you know, Justice League and Wonder right. Woman and Suicide Squad. And you know, are, we're getting all this where Marvel is just kind of sitting on their hands right. at this point. They have out-marveled Marvel. Well, and in, in a... And on top of that, Patrick, they may be just, you know, like you're saying, DC's rate released great trailers in the past. And then the final product just crashes and burns. And Marvel may just be sitting back saying, prove it, you know, fine. You guys can do all this shit. When you guys release something that's critical, that that's actually good. Other than that's not called Wonder Woman or Aquaman. then we'll believe you. But until then, it's all, don't, don't, it's all don't hype. Say underwater, don't say underwater. Thor was a good movie. It underwater good Thor movie. was fun. It's underwater Thor. And I left off Shazam from the good movie list. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was like, Shazam is a good movie. Shazam's probably Shazam. the best one. But I mean, Marvel may just be saying that, like you're saying, Patrick, it's all well, hype. You guys prove it to we, us, we also, then we'll respond. We also, we, also know that D, we also know that Disney does its own thing, too. Well, and, that's true. And that's the other thing, is that Marvel could end up just being part of, what is it, D whatever they call it? D23. D23. Or D23 or is, so what's the status of that? Does anybody know? Are they doing a virtual con as well? I have no idea. I haven't. I actually haven't bothered to look. And it looks like our our scientist is doing some typing right now. So googling D twenty three. He'll he'll get that. Twenty three Expo. Uh, I don't see anything. 
That's not so a good that, sign. Doesn't look like it. That's not good for a company that's losing billions of dollars. Anyway, I think that puts a bow on it. Folks, if you want to check out DC Fandom, it is airing beginning at 10 a.m. Pacific. That's 1 Eastern. Uh, go to the – I don't have the link to it or where you, we're going to be able to do do that um, in front of me. But check out the Instagram and the Twitter accounts. It's all it's all up there. They've got a nice little teaser video playing the Superman theme song that gives you some information as to how to do that. It's free, and if it's free, how can you fight it? Don't turn that down. Let's check it out. That was a nice Before touch, go- wasn't it? Throwing in the Superman theme, the old school Superman theme music. That's the in my in my mind, that's the only Superman theme. Well, yeah, Boy. the John Williams Superman theme song is the only theme song. So, the Black Adam reveal got me thinking today, and that's going to be this week's question. I think that the look looks pretty darn cool for the, for the Rock in the Black Adam look. I would have been intrigued to see it, see how it goes, but it got me to thinking worst transition from the page to the screen ever for a comic book character. <laughs> so gentlemen, do your worst. Can we, uh, can we talk about Adam West's Batman? Does that count? Oh, blasphemy <laughs> DP. Pro- I mean, that's a product of its time. I know. I that's why I it's think, like, I think, I think, I think Schumacher Batman has a, you know, nipple Batman has a, has an argument. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the bat nipples was a good one. And bat butt. Like, did we need to see badass? Na 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 badass. So before we go to this, supposedly D twenty three is going to be taking place November twentieth through the twenty second of this year at Walt Disney World. Walt Disney World Resort. So they're hearing that it postponed it until twenty twenty one. Did they as well though? So I don't know. Who knows? That's why I wasn't sure. It's Florida, so people can do whatever the fuck they want. So, you know, we'll see. Pardon my language. Getting, getting back to your question, though, Patrick, for me, yeah, Steppenwolf was, was a travesty from, <laughs> from the pages, from what he was in the, in the comics to what he ended up on screen. Yeah, that's, that's a, just a, an absolute farce. Okay, for me, we got to go back to the 90s. Ben Grimm and the two Fantastic Four movies with Jessica Alba. Maybe it's the early 2000s. Hmm. With Jessica Alba and Chris Evans as the Human Torch and Michael Chiklis as Mr. Ben Grimm in the, in the rubber suit thing. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about Fantastic fucking, Four. Fucking terrible. I thought Chris Evans was a good Human Torch, though. I thought he captured oh, Chris that. Evans, Chris, oh. Chris Evans was a good Human Torch. Uh, I actually, I can't even remember the name of the guy who plays Mr. Fantastic, but my thing about Mr. Fantastic was he was fine because Mr. Fantastic is a boring character. Like that's Reed Richards is like the most boring guy in the comics and anything I've ever seen. I will also um, put out there that uh, Victor Von Doom just did not look the way I want. Again, looked rubbery and I hated his look in that movie. Green Goblin from the first Spider-Man oh, was a bad one, too. Dope. Oh, he was yeah, horrible. Totally. Totally. Uh, yeah. He looked like a Power Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> or Transformer. Yeah. Transformer yeah, merged with a Power Ranger. I'm like, you look the same. <laughs> yeah, that and was the a thing bad is, one. Is, and the thing is, Willem Dafoe's face, it was like exactly what I would have pictured 
as like I loved the casting of Willem Dafoe as a Green Goblin, and then to hide that expressive face behind a dead mask was just awful. Like especially when you know that the Goblin's look was always like a skin tight sort of form fitting face mask to where he talked and like it was like a look. With Willem Dafoe's features, they could have done so much more with that. Yeah, they could have just left a mask off him and let him be. His face alone could have been it. That would have been fine. An honorable mention for me for shit show would be Doomsday. What they did to him in Batman versus Superman. That was crap as well. It was pretty pretty brutal. Electro in in Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yes. Terrible. Even Rhino at the end of that one was pretty shitty too. See, I actually, I actually was okay with the way they did Rhino because Rhino was one of those characters. I was like, how do you make this make sense? And like, look, so like having it in like this big Rhino battle suit, what I thought was, was just stupid was that Paul Giamatti was, was Alexei, oh, whatever. God. Yeah. Like, I was just like, <laughs> yeah, this does not fit the narrative. Slow. He should have been, he fit in more as the underminer from Incredibles. Oh, <laughs> like, you mean Fantastic Four? Yeah. Yeah. Was it fantastic? That too. <laughs> Here's the thing is the Incredibles is the best Fantastic Four movie ever made. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, seriously, look at the characters outside of the human yeah. torch, which you don't have. You've got Elastigirl, Mr. Fantastic. You've got the thing in Mr. Incredible, super strength and basically indestructible. Um, the invisible girl, you know, Sue store. Yeah. And then Jack, uh, not Jack, Jack. Um, I can't remember what they Dash. 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 Dash, who has super speed, but then Jack Jack, they actually do a nod to the Human Torch, who flames on mm-hmm. in the yeah. midst of being captured by an enemy who's a super genius who uses technology, who's Doctor Doom, basically going on there, and then you get faced by Mole Man at the end by calling him the Underminer. Like it was the Fantastic <laughs> Four, and it's the best Fantastic Four movie ever made. Great. And you got I love you it. got it's Frozone, so-, so they add a little X Men in there too. Little, so little, yeah. little Ice Man, yeah. yeah. Best Fantastic. I never four thought movie about that, made. but you're right. Yeah, it's the Fantastic Four. And it's by the crazy. way, D twenty three was postponed till twenty twenty one. So DP was right. Wah 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 wah. Lame, 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 lame indeed. indeed. But on, I'll go, but on I'll that go the note, opposite. Fellas, I'll go the opposite way for one of them. But uh, between a bad bad look in the comics versus good look in the movies is Iron Man. Because I think yeah. Iron Man's character, Iron Man's whole suit in the comics is kind of ugh. My and they made him look life. phenomenal in the movies. Yeah. My favorite adapt. Oh, another bad adaptation costume. Uh, Avengers, the Avengers movie, the Captain America suit is terrible. The like the one that that is America's ass suit. Like I hate that suit. I think it's <laughs> terrible. I think it looks awful. It's so goofy. Geez. It's so Joss Whedon. I love his more like military esque look that he carries later in like um, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and Civil War. Like that more like battle ready suit. And even um, the first Avenger where he's wearing like the leather jacket and that sort of just that looks badass. But that uh, that Captain America suit in Avengers. Oh, that's that's rough, yo. (laughs) So on that note, we're going to call it a show. Good show, fellas. Looking forward to talking a little bit more DC and stuff next week. Big news, by the way, with the change that happened that I talked about at the beginning of the show. I will be here next week. Uh, will not be out like I told you. I, I think I'm actually in for the next couple of shows uh, as we as we move forward. So DP can't cancel all that stuff we talked about. Okay. Yeah. Right. We're not going to do what I want to do. Write the show. That's right. <laughs> no more DC talk. In fact, next week we're going to do nothing 
but talk about image comics. All right. Whole show. Let's do it. Our whole That'd be fun. Our whole party, our whole Star Wars celebration is is the Force Awakens is over. <laughs> I mean, you were just gonna, you were just going to replay Star Wars. So like <laughs> cuz that's that's what a Force Awakens party is. Is it just like one of the ones that came before? So oh, next week we're going to talk The Walking Dead, Spawn, we're going to talk about how Saga is one of the craziest, batshit craziest comics of all time, but so talk good. Wildcats? Huh? Wildcats? Oh, that one too. That's it. I was like, what do you mean? X-Men, but not X-Men? Yeah. <laughs> Basically what it is. Have you read Saga? Uh, Have you read any of that? No, no, oh, I, haven't. I, haven't read, I haven't read an image comic in forever. It's so good, but it is way out and, there. <laughs> and then the week after that, we'll do Dark Horse. All right. We'll just, we'll just, we'll just hit all the... Well, talk some Buffy the Vampire Slayer comics. Some, we can go DWI at some point. We can do, or DW <laughs> or whatever it is. Sorry, DWI. My bad. <laughs> it's okay. You can promote the DWI podcast, too. That's cool. IDW. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> anyway. Bang. Lost all my, we'll lost bang all and, my nerd. Bang and Dynamite lost, comics, too. Lost all my nerd cred on that DWI comics when it was I, I just IDW. Anyway, you're drinking scotch, so it's okay. I have. I just finished the scotch too, so that's going to do it for our show today, fellas. Why don't you tell them where they can find him, David? Why don't you kick us off today? Uh, you can find me on the Twitter at attitude agg or on Facebook.com/slash attitude of aggression. And you can find me on all over the worldwide social media interwebs at it's me dpp as well as on the DWI podcast that Patrick O'Dowd lovingly promoted without even knowing it <laughs> at podcast DWI on the Twitter and on Facebook at facebook.com slash DWI podcast. And a winner is you continues on. And you can follow that on Twitter and Facebook at a winner is you, the letter U. a winner is you. And you can follow me on the Twitter at wrestling realist. That is at W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. You can hear me every Monday here on Bandwagon Nerds and every Wednesday on the Greg DeMarco Show where I actually talk about wrestling with Greg DeMarco and Miranda Morales. Fellas, we didn't have a chance to talk about this, but check out our article, The Nerd Review. We reviewed Kill Bill Volume 1, made DPP a little bit queasy, but that's okay. We're going to move on and cover Kill Bill Part 2 for this week. Uh, We didn't have a poll, and then Dave put up a poll asking folks, whether or not they'd be interested in seeing us cover Marvel movies from beginning to end, that got all of four votes. Yeah, no one cares. So, <laughs> so I, so I think we'll uh, we'll we'll revisit what we're going to do with that. Uh, but I do think it might be worthwhile to maybe cover some Iron Man or something. We can go back to our roots, back to the beginning, at least for one episode. Go a little old school. Uh, thank you very much for listening. That's going to be our show. Now get out of the basement. Get some sun. Wear your damn mask so we can get past this COVID-19 business. And we'll see you next week on Bandwagon Nerds.
Now, if any of you sons of bitches got anything else to say, now's the fucking time!